Explore the history, relationships, expertise, and data that go into ensuring Stein growers get maximum yield potential. This is the Stein Seedcast. Here's your host, David Thompson. Hello, and welcome to the Stein Seedcast. I'm your host, David Thompson, National Marketing and Sales Director for Stein Seed Company. We've got another great episode lined up with special guests, expert insights, and discussion on everything you need to know about maximizing yield potential. On today's episode, our special guest is Myron Stein, president of Stein Sea Company. Welcome, Myron. Thank you, David. Myron's joining us today to discuss what we at Stein believe is going to be a big leap forward, MX Series Corn by Stein. Myron's going to talk to us about the origins of the new MX Series Corn, the features and benefits of these hybrids, and how growers can access these exclusive products for the 2023 season. Well, first off, Myron, welcome back. I think we haven't had you since uh, summer, episode 10, I think it was, last time you were on here. That that could be. I I have been counting the days. I'm I'm, I'm very happy to be here, though. (laughs) Good. Well, so we're talking about MX Corn today. Uh, exciting project for Stein Seed Company. So I guess to lay the groundwork, tell us um, what exactly we're talking about when we talk about MX Series Corn by Stein. So as everyone knows, we, we have a corn breeding program. And in that program, we have some very different material relative to what the rest of the industry is offering. And we thought it was important for us to emphasize that in our corn lineup and have that uh, different than than just our regular corn lineup. So we are now today taking the newest material out of our program, which gives us an example of material that's the future of of the corn hybrid. It typically is shorter in stature. It has very good ear placement along with that short stature uh, size. And we would consider these plants more efficient in higher management. And so in the Stein MX series, all this material is, is going in there, and uh, we're, we're able to then go to the proper growers that are able to take that material and, and make that material bring more yield to their farm and bring more profitability. So, you know, obviously the Stein brand's been around for a long time, and talk to me a little about the decision to, like you said, separate those out as this MX lineup, I think, is an interesting approach to really draw attention to the different product that you have offering here in the lineup. Yeah, so so today the MX lineup is exclusively our genetics, so it has our female and it has our male on it. And really what happened was we have a number of really heavy hitter hybrids, but we were able to go into those genetics and make them even better. And so we made them stand better, we made them yield more, and then the real big thing we did was, as far as the integration of the actual insect trait, the insect trait does not produce any type of yield drag to those genetics within these, these MX hybrids. And that was a big thing, because I think the industry has a difficult time doing that. And we've successfully taken these genetics, and they're expressing these, these insect traits and not having yield drag. They're actually, they're actually yielding uh, with no pressure, with no insect pressure, with our uh, straight conventional material and our glyphosate material. So that was a big deal. So all in all, the MX series is going to represent the newest and best genetics out of our program. So talk a little bit about that. I mean, 
trade integration is kind of a, an interesting thing. And there's, I know there's a couple of different things that happen there. You can have, you know, sort of yield drag, which is something that's inherent in the plant itself. And then you have, I think we commonly refer to as yield lag, which is just the time it takes to get genetics bred up at the speed that you want to, to start achieving yield increase, right? So with these hybrids, we're seeing these genetics with insect traits and they really, even in the absence of insects, we're not seeing any sort of uh, differential in yield. So on that topic, David, regarding the actual introduction or, the, or putting this trait into the genetics, what we do is we have a number of different conversions within the inbred lines. And so we do you know, thousands of those, and then we have to pick within those different conversions the best performing one. And that takes a lot of work. That takes a lot of work. And so we've done a very good job within the MX lineup of picking the right inbred lines. And it's taken us some time, frankly, because some of the genetics that we have in the MX series are, are very well known. They're like, you know, 9714, uh, 9709. Those are two of the dominant products in that lineup. And uh, so we've just gone in there and, and made them better. So when you talk about going in there and making them better, I mean, and you talked a little bit about a selection process. So is that simply a process of looking at those conversions and, and finding those lines that provide the best return? Well, it's, it's looking at them through a yield screening program and figuring out which ones yield more and then which ones stand better. Those are the two main criteria. Then you go from there, you look at disease packages and so on and so forth. So that's the process that was gone through to create products like MX-709 or MX-514 and things right. like that. Okay. Right. Speaking of products, so how many, uh, do you know, how many lines of MX corn do we have for 2023 that we're offering? We have nine different hybrids, and uh, some of those are just glyphosate-tolerant, Many of those uh, have have double above ground insect protection. Okay, so ranging from just straight glyphosate corn to insect traded corn. Correct. Okay. Yep. Any favorites in that? When I look at what we what we're offering today, there's three that stick out that I like a lot. One is MX four four two twenty. That's about 101 day, and I like that a lot because uh, the industry doesn't have a lot of new. 100 day, 101, you know, 98, 99 day material. So that is so wonderful to see that come out of the program. It's performed extremely well when it comes down to weather conditions this year. In, in the areas we sold it in, they had some mini derechos and that hybrid stands and the other competitors don't. Then another hybrid is MX514-20. That's a new version of 9714. And slightly earlier in maturity, stands very, very well, yields very, very well. The trait does not create any yield drag at all. And then the last one that I'm really high on is MX709-20. And MX709-20 out of all of them is probably the most versatile that we have. It's about 109 to 111 day. can be used in a lot of different soil types and really covers much of the corn belt within the United States. And you mentioned that these are all sort of based on new line of genetics that are coming out of our program. What would be some of the characteristics, the typical characteristics that you find in the MX line that are products that are coming through and getting that designation? So they would represent the future of corn hybrids. They would typically be shorter in stature, but not necessarily always. 
However, our material generally is shorter than the rest of the industry. They have very good ear placement for their height, and that can be a downfall to some short-statured corn, not ours. And because they're the future of the corn hybrid, they really are, it's material that's more efficient. So you have less above-ground biomass, typically have smaller tassels. The plants are doing a better job of light interception with you know more upright leaves at the top, uh, things of that nature. You mentioned kind of how this MX line came into fruition. Was there any radical change in how the breeding program was bringing products forward? Or was it just like, you know, seeing these products come out, realizing that this is a real step change and we want to approach this differently than we had in the past? No, the, the big thing, there's been no change in the breeding program. But the big thing is that we've recognized that a number of these higher management hybrids really take an early adopter as far as a customer that's understanding that they need more plants per acre, they need more nitrogen, they need sulfur with their nitrogen, they need preferably multiple applications of nitrogen, they need multiple applications of fungicide uh, because typically there more population is needed uh, to make these hybrids work. And believe it or not, it's difficult to find a large market that has interest in that. There's a smaller market. So we think it's very important that we focus on these MX lines, segregate them from the rest of our corn lineup. Even within our our representatives, they have to go through special training to sell these hybrids. They have to uh, work with their customers to assure the customer is planting it properly. I mean, so really the whole MX approach is just being focused on these new genetics that are different than what everybody else has in making sure they're used properly so our customers are getting a better return. And you brought up something there I think is important to note. You know, the, our approach is that the products, I think, are not necessarily just available to everybody. You know, there's certain criteria that have to be met because, again, they are specialized management products, high return, but it's a systems approach, right? Absolutely. It's not only do we have limited uh, representatives that actually sell these products, but we also have a limited supply. So looking at MX corn, so this is going to be, this is our second year now with this MX series. So we just got it launched last year. I guess your initial thoughts on, you know, how that project's going and, and where you see that going in the future. Our sales were higher than we originally anticipated there is a premium on these products. So that, you know, as far as that part of everything, that, that worked out quite well. We just did a survey on MX uh, products with our customers to understand what their experience has been so far. And it's been above average. But frankly, we just haven't had enough exposure. Uh, when the combines go this fall, this will, this will tell us a lot. And, uh, of course, you know, we're expecting to have quite a few wins. And you'll have a couple... A couple of cases where you don't win, that's, that's normal. Uh, but what we're looking for is we're looking for our customer on average to have a very good experience with these. And at the end of the day, we're looking for a customer that's maximizing the return on their acre and uh, maximizing their, their net profit. And you kind of said it a little earlier, but to recap, as far as, you know, if you're talking to a grower, because I know you get out in the country, you talk to a lot of different farmers, you know, how do you position and explain, you know, the MX series lineup to them so they understand what that's all about. 
Well, we talk to the grower. We make sure they understand if they're going to use this material. You know, they, they have to look at higher populations. They have to look at more management. If they're unwilling to do that, we have a number of other products in our lineup that would, that, that would fit their farm much better. So that's, that's the first thing you do. But interestingly enough, typically growers have interest in looking at it. I mean, they at least talk about it and look at it. And when you get done, maybe you find out it's not, you know, not for their farm, but they have interest and that's good. And I think if they don't have interest or if they weren't looking at it, I don't think it would be the future of corn, right? And they know it is, they know it is. And so they're, they're wanting to learn more about it. So going forward, what do you see as plans for our MX series initiative, this whole concept? Continuing? Think, yeah. Yeah. You'll see, you'll see more products, a wider maturity. Right now we're about 95 day to 113 day or so. And you'll see the, we'll get a few more later products. We'll get a few more earlier products. Yeah. You'll see that, that lineup get refined and we'll learn more. We'll learn more. The one thing I know is from talking to all the different growers I've talked to throughout the Midwest, there's not one farmer that has the same practices. So every farmer out there does something different on their farm to get their crop to do what it does. And uh, so you're always learning. You're always learning things and, and learning what, you know, what helps and what doesn't help and so on and so forth. And among those growers that you've had a chance to visit with, I mean, when you kind of explain this concept and, and what MX Series Corn represents, they get it. I mean, they understand what we're trying to do and, and uh, you know, work makes sense for them. You know, yeah, they, they most of them like it a lot. Like I said, everybody has interest in it, but you really need to sit down with that grower and understand, okay, I know you have interest in it, but are you willing? Are you willing to manage this hybrid the way it needs to be managed? It, it's not the path of least resistance. You know, the path of least resistance are some other products we have that you can just slap out there and they do what they do. This corn really needs that grower that's, that's unique and that early adopter that's willing to, to do higher, higher management of corn. You say higher management, and then it occurs to me, so of the products that we have for 2023, is increased population a common thread that runs through all of them? Is that kind of an approach that's standard? Yes. With with the MX lineup, yeah, higher populations are needed. Yep. So they share that kind of characteristic. And they're not all, you know, some, for instance, in 30-inch rows, in some areas of the country, you need a finished population of 39,000. Now, some don't need that much. So it is different from hybrid to hybrid. But in general, you will find that all of them need higher population than your regular, standard, older-style hybrid. Well, and it's a good point because that's something we talk about a lot as we've talked over the years about increasing population is that finished population number is relative, right, depending on where you're at. If you're in central Illinois or if you're in the plains of Kansas, there, the number is different. And so I know we tend to talk about that in terms of percentages, right? Percent over whatever you consider the normal population. And, and that's probably a, a more representative way to approach that. Right. Yeah. D typically you say 10 to 15% higher, um, somewhere in there. 
And, and you're right. And it's interesting, in some of the lower producing areas where their populations are typically lower, they can take these products and bump them up 10 to 15%. And they typically see a larger gain than somebody that's already tapping things out in central Illinois, for instance. Because you can go to central Illinois and they're getting very, very high yields and they can have higher populations. But sometimes they find out there's some other variable holding them back from getting that corn crop to to go to that, you know, 300 bushel level or, you know, whatever their target is. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think even if you're not going to be in the upper 30,000s or whatever for finished population, one of the other things that we have tended to see about high population corn is, by nature, high population corn is good stress corn because, in a sense, that's what you're doing when you create increased population, right? You add some degree of stress. So as we test these hybrids, they seem to come through the program. Those that we consider to be high pop also seem to be good at handling stress. And stress is something we also see in those characteristically low population areas too, right? Yeah, that's that's right. The reality is if you look at our breeding program, we are stressing genetics because we, we have different population ranges we put them in. Some of them are very high. If they're performing in those higher populations, that's performing under more stress. Uh, so we talked about some of the, what I call physical characteristics that we talked about, the defined MX series corn, the plant architecture, and, uh, you know, what, what that represents. Are there other features that we kind of define MX series corn by? Yeah. You know, a big one would be seed quality. Our vision is for MX corn to represent the highest seed quality that, that's out there. And we're, we're willing as a company to do a lot of extra things to assure that, which some companies will not do. And so we did that this year, and it really showed up. It really showed up uh, on some comparisons we did to the MX product relative to the competition. And, um, and, and some growers, you know, our, our quality is good with, with our regular stein material, and, and some growers may say, well, it's, you know, it's good enough, but we really want it to be the best and when you, when you get that quality to be the best, another thing that comes with that is uniform size in the bag and then the ability for the planter to have good singulation. So something else that we do is every single lot of MX corn, we run to a planter stand and we give recommendations on how to set the planters uh, so they have the optimum singulation with, with the corn. So that's really aimed at helping that grower place that product in the right way when they get to the field for the best chance of success. Right, because you have, you have some people using 30-inch rows still, and when you're when you're raising your populations up, it's important to have good spacing within that 30-inch row so your plants aren't getting too close together. And we've talked about it, I think, in past episodes. Obviously, a lot of people still in 30-inch rows. What do we consider high population in 30-inch rows you know, from a practical standpoint? High 30s is a maximum you should go in 30-inch rows. Because know. within the row, you're starting to crowd those plants closer and closer right. together. Right. The rule of thumb is if you're closer than four inches, you're beginning to uh, get them too close together, and then you're beginning to hurt yield when you do that. So with these MX lines, for if a grower wants to know more about MX corn uh, by Stein, where would you advise them to find out more information? Well, the easiest thing is to go to steinseed.com. There's a lot of information about them. We have have some blogs about them. 
we do have some video uh, videos with some particular growers that are using uh, that have management practices that that are that are well adapted towards the MX corn lineup. Well, we've been visiting today with Myron Stein, president of Stein Seed Company, discussing new MX series corn by Stein. Myron, thanks so much for joining us today. Well, thank you, David. It was a it was a pleasure. Well, that's our time for today. I want to thank our guests and listeners for joining us on another episode of the Stein Seedcast. We'll be back again soon with more expert interviews and insights about all things Stein. And to never miss an episode, subscribe to the Stein Seedcast wherever podcasts are found. Subscribe to the Stein Seedcast wherever podcasts are found. To learn more about Stein and its elite corn and soybean genetics, visit steinseed.com. Stein has yield.